Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. This is your podcast covering tactics for creating winning leadership and sustainable winning organizations. Discover more information detailed in their books, Gapology, Imbar, and their newest release, Speed of Purpose. We can be reached at gapology.org and our books can be found at amazon.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. Remember, if you prefer to get your reading done through audio versions, Gapology is available on Audible. So if you prefer trains, planes, and automobiles, get your leadership development fixed through either this podcast or Gapology on Audible. Okay, so let's get things rolling today and give Martinez a call. Hey Brian. Hey Mark, how are you today? Great, how are you? Good, good. You know, I'm really excited this week. Uh, the Olympics are starting this week. Awesome. Are you performing in the Olympics? <laughs> uh, no, no. That would be a scary day for America, that's for sure. <laughs> but I was thinking that, you know, in each of these different events, there's top performers and there's underperformers. I was thinking about that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, it kind of ties to gapology, should... right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should go after that. You think so? Yeah, let's talk about that today. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, one of the challenges leaders have today is leading both the top performer group and the underperformer group, especially in, you know, remote leadership scenarios and what we call the Zoom world. It's difficult to do. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. When you can't see somebody nod their head or you know, body language, that kind of thing. It's, it definitely makes it more difficult, I think, to address top performers and underperformers. Yeah. So let's talk about some tactics then for, for both of those groups. So the first thing I would lay out for everybody is that ensure that the expectations that you have, the results that you expect are tied to your purpose so that when you see those results, you know that the purpose is reflected. So the behaviors of your purpose, whatever those are, must tie directly to the metrics. That way, when you look at numbers, you're actually looking at the purpose realized. And that makes it real simple to know who the top performers are and who the underperformers are. And from there, you can develop a plan for both of those groups to feel valued and to improve. What do you think? Yeah, I think... uh Metrics, it really gives you that power to have a honest conversation with people. It's no longer just feelings. Um, it's none of that you know wishy-washy stuff. It's it's this is the actual data that we're looking at regarding your performance. I think it just makes things easier for the leader, but I think it also makes it easier for the the underperformer to you know agree and absorb you know what you're saying to them. Yeah, the greatest organizations that we've worked with take the purpose, turn it into a potential metric, but then test the behaviors to equal that so that they know, so that they know that when that metric is in place, the behavior is also in place. And that's one of the, one of the keys to gapology as well, that there's not a gap between the two. So right. yeah. that's a big deal. Think about that, though, for a moment more. So from a distance, you know 
if your purpose is being realized. So ensure that your metrics are that clear. Ensure that everybody's clear on them. Ensure everybody's clear why those are the metrics and that they equal, you know, this this set of behaviors. And uh, then it all starts coming together. So, Yeah, I think you can really look at some tactics, things like videotaping some top performers, um, you know, recording calls that people might make, uh, you know, having some sort of verifiable uh, proof that the top behaviors work every time, I think gives you some additional power. So, you know, I, I would say to explore all the different tools that are available for you, even in a remote world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about top performers and tactics uh, for that group. So the biggest challenge here is often that top performers are left alone. And that may work for a while. But the interesting thing Brian and I have found is that many top performers have a whole nother level that they can achieve. They actually often have more upside than anyone else on the team. And from that, we can learn. So leaving them alone is not a great thing. Um, Leaders uh, often learn more from the top performers. So wherever you can, however you can, learn from them. And uh, the whole team can grow from from that piece. Some of the tactics that the top performers enjoy is when you publish results and literally put their name next to a result. That's of great significance. And again, if that metric, that number you put by their name, is equal to the purpose, it's a big deal for the whole team, and it's a big deal for the purpose. Um, Ensure that top performers have a next step, you know, a promotion cycle if that's what they're looking for. Uh, You don't want to lose your top performers in the competitive job market that we're in today. And um, that that's a real risk. And it's a risk to the organization and it's a risk to the purpose as well. Um, Often top performers will enjoy stretch assignments or stretch projects. And that's good. They may want to mentor. One of the key tactics we've seen there is having them own and underperforming peers' results, having them own them for a period of time, taking over that result as well. And uh, some great things can come from that. But top performers need likely as much attention as underperformers, and they generally do not get it. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this is a very ignored group a lot of times because those are the people that you really count on. So you try to focus all of your energy on those underperformers. And I think there's a real danger there in somebody who is a top performer that's very committed. So if you think about what we talked about last week on the commitment ladder, uh, there's a real danger for that person to slide down uh, the commitment ladder if they're not receiving the type of leadership that they really require. So I would look for ways to you know, let them play a lead role maybe on some of your Zoom calls, you know, have them lead segments of the calls um, or mentor others like you mentioned, but have, you know, host their own Zoom calls with, you know, their mentees, um, you know, and, and just help them through that. I think that's a great development uh, opportunity for them. Um, and the other thing I would say is p- provide public recognition. Um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I don't need that. But I think, at, you know, at some level, uh, they need some sort of public recognition. If you think about Michael Phelps and all the, you know, 
50 gold medals or whatever he won. Um, you know, he loved that, right? That's what kept him coming back year after year after year. And I think that recognition standing on the podium, listening to the national anthem really drives people. So, you know, I'd say look for ways to do that even over Zoom. Yeah, at the end of the day, even a top performer enjoys a standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> standing ovations feel good. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you can do a standing ovation on a Zoom call. So, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that'd be, um, that'd be great. Yeah, we did a podcast a while back about we are what we celebrate. So when you're celebrating top performance that you know is equal to your purpose, that's who you are. Yeah. You've become your purpose. So ensure that we are what we celebrate is real. Right. And think of and think about it. You know, think about the things you celebrate as a team. So Yeah, it really brings it to life. It makes it real. No, that's great. Thanks. Thanks for that, Brian. Well, let's talk about underperformers. So one of the key tactics is to reinforce with them the behaviors that are equal to the purpose and the metrics that measure those behaviors. Don't take for granted that they understand it. Often a turning point can be their full understanding, again, of those behaviors and why the metrics matter. It can be a big deal. You're tying them then to the purpose, and you're asking them to deliver the purpose. That that can be huge. Yeah, I think it, it does tie back to accountability, right? So um, we have accountability under the action gap in Gapology. And that it, the, the source of being able to hold people accountable is laying out clear expectations around the behaviors and the metrics. Um, so do that up front. It allows you to, to create that accountability and to create that sense of self-accountability, which is ultimately you know, really where you want to get to. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Another key tactic with an underperformer is ask them why. Ask them why they're underperforming. Have them explain it to you. You might learn a lot. You might find some gaps in what they didn't know, but you might also find the solution. And they might not know how to dig out of the hole, but when you hear it from them, you might know how to do that. So ask them why. Have them explain it to you. It's quite an interesting exercise, and most leaders don't do it. They do not do it. And often the solution is right there. Um, offer support. Ask them if, if they would appreciate that, if it would help. Offer them a mentor. Ask if they would appreciate that and if, if that would help. Um, another key tactic that I've seen work very well, and it depends on the type of business you're in, but... Just assume that at the end of the day, uh, let's say that your day ends at five o'clock. At four o'clock, what if you did a touch base with that underperformer and had them walk you through their day? And what if they knew that was coming the following day? And it was very supportive, it was very embracing. It wasn't, it wasn't challenging, but you were able to get a glimpse into their day, what they, what they thought mattered, what they, what they thought they were delivering in terms of the purpose, etc. I think by having a recap of the day, you can find things to celebrate, find things to reinforce for the following day, 
and find pathways to the purpose that they may not have been able to see. So by taking your time, and maybe it takes 15 minutes, uh, you can you can get this recap of the day. And again, by having them know that it's coming the following day, it allows you to know what they believe their best is because they're going to put their best into it. And that gives you a glimpse into who they are, what they believe in, and what they're capable of delivering. And it, it, it can be quite effective. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I love what you said at the beginning there about making sure that it's supportive. Um, you know, because this exercise could certainly feel micromanaging to some people, but doing it from the point of purpose, I think, is really the key there. And it's it's all in how you set it up at the beginning, but having it so that you are there to help them win, that your role is nothing nothing less than that. Um, I think that really sets the stage so that people feel where they can honestly share some of the things that they're struggling with. Um, and then I would say keep an eye on the metrics as you're doing it because that will tell you if they're really taking what you're offering as advice, as coaching, and putting it into action. Yeah, I like that. I think micromanagement may get a bad name uh, at times. And micromanagement may be exactly what an underperformer needs. And through the micromanagement, uh, they they come out of it. What, one thing that some people may not know, some leaders may not know, uh, is we have, find, have found many of the top performers in the underperformer ranks. So they're an underperformer, but they're actually a top performer. And with your leadership, they become the best. They outperform the top performing group. So there's just something that needs to change for them that changes everything. So we have seen many times underperformers become the top performer. And often it is micromanagement that exposes that. And we're not talking about micromanagement forever. We're talking about micromanagement for a short time in a supportive way to understand. And if they're not going to make the team, that becomes clear as well. So it moves things forward to where you can replace them with someone else. But often that micromanagement could lead them to become a top performer. Yeah, I think everything, it comes down to that other equation that we have in Gapology, T times M equals P, right? So talent times mindset equals performance. So, so you have to focus on developing the talent, growing the talent. With that is the mindset. So... Um, you know, having this type of a focus, this type of a narrow focus on somebody's behavior, I think, you know, laying it out with purpose at the beginning helps to solidify that mindset and hopefully, you know, uh, keep that moving up as well. It's, it's really critical that, that we're doing, you know, both those things at the same time. Yeah. And think about the fact that you've already said that the metric that they're underperforming in is a metric that equals your purpose. So you know that they're underperforming in relation to your purpose. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Yep. And so you have to figure out how to overcome that one way or the other. If you believe in the purpose as a leader, you've got to overcome that. And often it's right there. You'll, you'll find it. You'll right. find it. Right. So... 
in summary, we, we believe that often the top performing group and the underperforming group are big opportunities to move the entire team forward. And they may ne- get neglected, top performers not focused on at all, underperformers sometimes focused on too much and or misfocused. And with the tactics we've talked about today, you can truly move both of them forward and, and, and really achieve your focus um, and your purpose and, and really deliver the behaviors and the results you know, that you're looking for. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'll turn it to you to close. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the things I was thinking about there is that we tend to be drawn to the things that we're passionate about or things that we're really good at. So what I would say is make sure that when you're looking at your team and those that you're considering to be the top performers, um, make sure to use your purpose as the true north. Are they delivering on all the behaviors that deliver the purpose? You know, don't get caught up in task-specific task successes. Look at the bigger picture so that you're able to help them with the things that they may struggle with as well. Achieving the purpose, achieving the full expectation, that's really the ultimate goal here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Brian. Yeah, it, it definitely can be topic specific, but that comes back to my beginning, uh, which is ensure that the metrics that you're measuring equal your purpose. And that makes everything quite a bit easier. We talk about that extensively, by the way, in Speed of Purpose, uh, a book we're very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Brian. Okay. Uh, Awesome job, Mark. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. That'll do it from here. For more information on Gapology, MBAR, or Speed of Purpose, head on over to our website, gapology.org. Everybody have a fantastic week. Enjoy the Olympics. We'll talk to you all soon. This has been a Gapology production. Visit us at gapology.org.